For the week ending on July 10th, Philadelphia had a total record of 5-5-1, with the Phillies going 2-2, winning a series and losing a series, the Sixers going 1-3, the Soul going 1-0, winning 50-45, the Fusion going 1-1 with a 3-1 win and a 1-3 loss, and the Union drawing their only match 2-2. So much to talk about as always, so please sit down, relax, and enjoy your ride here on The Orange Line. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fabulous episode of The Orange Line. I am your host, Dr. PhD, here to break down some of the biggest moments from the MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA, MLS, NLL, OWL, and AFL, all as it pertains to the city of brotherly love. And how do we do that? We start off where we left last week and then work our way up from the least amount of news to the most amount of news. And where did we leave off last week? Well, we left off with the heart and soul of Philadelphia. Talking about the Philadelphia soul, of course. Um, they had a big win this week uh, playing against the new kids on the block, the Atlantic City Blackjacks. Um, and I did say that we only won by five points, and that's because it was a very back-and-forth game uh, where even though we got a lead early on at the beginning, it's just, you know, tit for tat. We scored, they scored, you know how it is. And that seems to be the theme for the AFL, so it is on brand. Um, and the game was really exciting, honestly, and uh, the most exciting part, I mean, it all happened in the fourth quarter. So let me break it down just a little bit for you. I believe uh, we had the AC Blackjacks right close to their uh, own end zone, and uh, eventually we were able to get a lot of pressure on their quarterback, which resulted in a fumble, and they, you know, they got the ball back. That's all well and good, uh, but in their own end zone, so that is a safety for us. Give us those two points, and uh, I think that gave us the lead. We also got the ball back. That's pretty cool, or we should have considering the fact that uh, instead of kicking it, they did an onside kick, which they recovered. So that puts us in a little bit of a troubling spot. They go down the field, they get a touchdown. Boo, that sucks. But hey, we get the ball back. That's pretty cool. We have our own chance to get a touchdown, except for that they kick another onside kick, and they recover it. So that is all dumb. Um, so what else do we do? They uh, they kick the ball, um, they start their play, and uh, thankfully our boy Dwayne Hollis was able to come up clutch with an interception, breaking up any uh, furthered lead for the uh, Atlantic City Blackjacks. Um, but it was in our part of the field, very close, so uh, we had to do some work. We get about halfway until uh, Dan Radball unleashes a bomb, to the fresh prince of soul, Darius Prince. 
giving us the go-ahead touchdown, which ended up winning the game. We uh, started this drive with, I think, 38 seconds left, so uh, they, they barely had enough time to get one Hail Mary pass that was broken up. Congratulations, the Soul win their fourth game in a row. Building up that steam to the playoffs, absolutely love it. Um, the other thing I love about this game is that the Soul actually walked away sweeping the AFL Players of the Week awards um, with uh, Darius Prince walking away with the Offensive Player of the Week and uh, Dwayne Hollis getting Defensive Player of the Week for that big stop at the end of the game to preserve the win. Um, and it's been a great week. We're actually going to go right into a bye week so we can rest up and, uh, you know, Get ready for what is about to come. Um, but uh, that being said, let's work our way from the bottom to the top with the Philadelphia Wings. The Philadelphia Wings uh, have you know, not really been in the news all too much lately. They're starting things off once again, um, which is uh, a little upsetting. I love the Wings. I like seeing what they have to say and uh, what they have to do for us on the field, but I guess in this offseason, not much is going down, except on Tuesday of last week, on the 9th, uh, that was when the 2019 NLL expansion draft happened, uh, bringing in Rochester and New York, uh, where they got to pick, I think, 11 guys that were unprotected by the other teams that are already in the league, and of all of those pick, two were uh, chosen from the Philadelphia Wings. Both of them were by Rochester. One of them was Matt Bennett, a defender, and then a transitional player in Frank Brown. Uh, both of them have been very helpful and uh, very good to have on the team, but it's going to be sad to see them go. So a hearty thank you here from the Orange Line to them for their services. Hope they do well uh, next season in the NLL, just hopefully not as well as, uh, you know, the, the Philadelphia wings. Um, but with that being said, that's about all I have. So I'm going to use the same segue I had last week. Speaking of teams that have wings, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles or again, I, we're not going to do that. Actually, there hasn't been a lot of news for the Eagles. So we're going to do that tie in and we're going to finish up the story we talked about last week which was the United States women's national team playing in the World Cup finals against Netherlands. Um, and they walked away with a win. Absolutely fantastic. Two to nothing against those, uh, those I was going to call them Neanderthals, but I know that's not what uh, people from the Netherlands are called. Either way, I, I really like their jerseys. That's besides the point. I think they have the coolest jerseys in the world. Um, but unfortunately, their cool jerseys couldn't take them away or take away the win, I should say, from uh, the U.S. women's team. Congratulations to uh, to all of them. Uh, both of the goals came off of the feet of uh, Megan Rapino and uh, Rose Lavelle. So uh, thank you very much to both of you for bringing some gold back to the States. That is fantastic. It's great that all these women are getting, you know, the attention that they deserve. We can have the whole debate of, you know, who gets paid what and, you know, all the respect of that and whatnot. But that's for a different podcast, a different time. Uh, right now, I just want to say that's great that they uh, got to get that win on that big stage, getting all those viewers. That is awesome. Uh, afterwards, Julie uh, Ertz, the the girl that we've been following, not following, 
But, you know, been keeping up with considering her relationship with Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles. Said that Zach was actually really instrumental in uh, her play and being really helpful and inspirational for, uh, you know, her throughout this entire tournament. So uh, good job, Zach. Way to be a great husband. Good job, Julie Ertz, on being part of a championship winning team. And then going into the uh, parade, which was held in New York for some reason. I would imagine it should be in D.C., you know, the capital of the states. Whatever. Um, Carly Lloyd stepped up to the podium, had her chance to do her whole spiel or whatever, and uh, threw out a nice fly, Eagles fly. So thank you for keeping it real, Carly. We all appreciate it here at the Orange Line and in Philadelphia. But that's about it for the Eagles. Uh, Like I said, nothing's really been happening, but I think... Uh, training camps should be starting fairly soon, so that's going to be something to look forward to. Segwaying into the Flyers, though, um, again, relatively uh, relatively quiet this past week. Chuck might be uh, working on some deals with some players, getting those unsigned free agents from the Philadelphia Flyers signed, which is very key. Um, but the only two things that I could find, one actually happened on Thursday. As you know, this is uh, coming out a little bit later. Apologies for that, and I'll get to that. Uh, but on Thursday, Paul Holmgren actually stepped down from being the president of hockey operations for the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, is now taking up a role of senior advisor. So good for him. That also means that Chuck Fletcher is now president of hockey operations and general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. So cool, cool, cool. I know a lot of people that aren't too keen on uh, Holmgren are, you know, happy about it. It's, they're like, oh, I'm glad to have him out of my organization. Cool, whatever. Um, he's not out of the organization, one. But it's, uh, I don't know, it's a changing of the guard. Uh, the way I kind of put it into scope is uh it's like when Jeff Laurie gave up some uh power of the team for the Eagles to Chip Kelly hopefully Chuck Fledger isn't freaking crazy and just makes random decisions based on how he feels about players and uh does some right hockey decisions um but I think this move is pretty good it's hard for me to get a tangible feel for it because you don't like us as fans don't really get to see what's happening in the front office, we really only see the play and the players, but um, this is a neat change, I guess. As for players, the only piece of information I could get was uh, a Carter Hart story, and he is just, he's, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Um, this has nothing to do with hockey, realistically, but uh, it was a, a story that made me smile, so here it is. Um, I believe on Wednesday, he was just at the Flyers facility skating, getting his workouts in, and uh, that day they were having a meetup with a nine-year-old boy named uh, Brandon Hull, who uh, I guess he just really wanted to meet the Flyers, go to uh, the facility, see what everything is about. And the reason for that is because uh, he had an accident a little while ago, and um, the accident caused him to have some surgeries, which in turn meant that he uh, lost part of his foot. All very tragic and um, unfortunate for a young man. But at the same time, he uh, was really excited to meet the Flyers, and Carter Hart wanted to stay and make sure that he got a chance to meet Mr. Hull. And uh, it was just really cute afterwards. They went for a skate. They talked about some hockey stuff. Hull said that he actually really wants to be a goaltender, which is cool. And I think in the article I read, he said something along the lines of, uh, 
when he puts on the pads and he's able to stop the puck from going in the net and it hits his pads, he just he gets a great feeling and what it's what makes him really want to be a goaltender. And uh, Carter Hart ended up being like, yeah, that, that's me too. I, that's, I felt the same way, and that's what got me into the position that I am now. It was just really cute, and I'm, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So uh, good job, Carter Hart. I love seeing my, uh, my team's players just being class acts, you know. But for other sports, let's talk about the Union. They, uh, they had a match this past week, and uh, it started off pretty well. A nice goal at the very beginning, I believe six minutes in from... Don't quote me on this. I think it was Madunyanin. Uh, but things started off hot for uh, the Beast in the East, but unfortunately Orlando City was having none of it. We had beaten them in the Wednesday prior to this, so they were probably like, hey, uh, no, we're just not going to let you stomp all over us. They ended up putting two away in the second half, I believe at like 61 and 66 minutes or something like that. Um, so it, it kind of made us fall back on our heels a little bit. We had to battle uphill. And uh, thankfully, I believe in the 91st minute, Casper Shabilko was able to stay hot, get another goal, I think his fifth goal in four games, and uh, scores late to at least ensure that the Union walked away with one point and the draw. So uh, realistically, credit that whole point, that whole game to Shabilko. Thank you so much. Um, in other news, on Wednesday, the uh, the You Made It official for Jim Curtin to come back as head coach for a few more seasons. I know he signed an extension. I wasn't able to get a year out of uh, all the posts that I saw from the union. Um, And the only year that keeps sticking in my head is 2026, but that seems so far away. So uh, I I wouldn't quote me on that. But he's back for a few more seasons. Good to have you back, coach. That'll be fun. Um... But that's about it for the Union, so let's go right into the Fusion, the team that I am consistently confusing their name with the Union. Going to do these back-to-back, so it's going to be, I'll say a wild ride. It's going to be very confusing. But the Fusion started off this week uh, with a great win. It was actually one of the picks of the week where uh, we played against the Washington Justice, one of the worst teams in the OWL. And uh, I felt confident that we could get a win. And uh, if we were able to do so, that could put us into position to maybe make the playoffs, depending on the map differential. And it turned out well for us. The 3-1 to one win, we, we only lost uh, control 1-2. Uh, to two, And we played pretty decently on the first point. The next two points, uh, not so much. But after that, it was a 3-2 on uh, the uh, 2CP map, a 3-1 on hybrid, and a 3-2 to two on the point-to-point. So... Um, I think we did a pretty good job. Um, like I said, it was a big uh, win for the pick of the week just because we need to get that confidence back. We need to uh, feel really good in this meta, and this was the uh, the time, place to do it, especially against the Washington Justice, considering I knew some fans, and I like rubbing it right in their face. Uh, but with that map differential, that put us into a position where uh, if we took a win on Sunday, we could maybe get into the playoffs on Fortunately, the Shanghai Dragons had a different idea. Um, we felt pretty good going into it, but ended up taking an L 1-3, to where our only map was uh, on hybrid, where we were able to walk away with the win. Very unfortunate. It was a win-and-in situation for both of us, um, but uh, GG's to the Shanghai Dragons, I guess. Uh, the bigger story, actually, this week for all the matches comes from uh, the Shanghai Dragons, funny enough, just because uh, 
two of the players that were having the spotlight shown shined on them was uh, Carpe of the Fusion and DM of the Dragons. They were longtime friends back in Korea, and they played a whole lot of video games together and then made it uh, all the way to the OWL, working their way up in the competitive scenes, uh, mostly playing on uh, Widowmaker, making them you know very famous for that, as we know Carpe is. But uh, the funny thing is that they had never actually played in a competitive setting against each other. So this was the first time, and uh, people were interested to see that uh, Widow 1v1 and see who would walk out with it. And I believe Carpe, for the most part, was taking it to DM, and then eventually I think it swept, switched because, uh, well, the Dragons and DM were playing very, very good on Sunday. So they're going into Stage 3 playoffs. Hopefully they do very well. But that's all I have for the Fusion, so let's talk about the 76ers. They, uh, they had some games this week. That's pretty fun considering it's July but that just means that it is summer series, summer league, I should say. Um, and things started off really well. We got a win over top of uh, Milwaukee. Like I said, that weird made-up scenario where we end up winning against Toronto and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, it's not the same because it's all of our young kids playing against their young kids. But, uh, you know, it was a fun game, 107-106, to 106, so just barely able to squeak out that win. Um, all the kids got a chance to shine, see what they uh, could do. And the one thing that I really liked was the Shake Milton to Zaire Smith uh, connection. There was a whole lot of alley-oops, a whole lot of really nice assists and plays on both of their parts. So uh, maybe that's something to look forward to for the uh, Blue Coats or maybe off the bench this season. Um, from there, everything kind of declined record-wise, but it was still nice to see the play. The Sixers ended up taking an L to Boston where Shake... Uh, Led the team in assists, so that was very nice to see, the consistency there. And uh, that bull, Matisse Thibel, um, he ended up leading the team with 15 points. Had a very nice showing for him as well. Uh, Monday was the third game of Summer League, which was yet another loss to, oh my goodness, OKC. And uh, that one was actually in overtime, so we were able to bring it back in the fourth quarter. Um, but realistically, it's a league where, uh, the wins don't matter. It's like whose line is it anyway, but, uh, with basketball, um, Zaire Smith again, looked good, led the team with 18 points. So good on you for that. Um, and anything, everything ended up, uh, ending on Wednesday, which, uh, was another loss, but it, it, it was just another time for, uh, all the young kids to, uh, get their opportunity to go out there, play a little bit, shine a little bit. And uh, that's exactly what we like to see. Um, I know some of the new uh, Sixers players got their uniforms, officially came into Philly this past week as well. I think Tobias Harris is wearing a different number, 20, no, not 2012. Um, we're also seeing Al Harford come into the, uh, the system a little bit, see what he's like in a Sixers uniform and all that jazz. So it's really, really cool to see this team starting to come together, and uh, my hopes are incredibly high for the season to come. Uh, and in my opinion, more so than the Eagles. I know a lot of people are super hot on the Eagles this season, um, but I'm one of those doubters. You guys have heard me say it before, so this shouldn't be news to you. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked for the Sixers. I think this is uh, this is going to be a good season for us. I think we have... 
a better lineup on day one than we did last year, and hopefully we can, uh, you know, ride a uh, a nice bit of momentum all the way through the season. And uh, I think who was it? It was Mike Scott that said that uh, we should be able to walk to the Eastern Conference Finals next year. I don't know about that one, but uh, I'm interested. I'm really interested to see what this league is going to be like. There's about like nine, ten teams that have uh, some insane pairings that can absolutely be a threat for the championship, which is fantastic. Love seeing that kind of stuff. But that's it for the Sixers. Let's move right into the Phillies. They have, uh, well, they've been in my mind a whole lot. They've been something to think about a whole lot. Um, So I guess we'll just break it down from last week. They started everything off with uh, the final game of the series against the Atlanta Braves on Thursday. That's why the the series count was really weird last week because even though we played three different teams in three different series, we only were able to lose one series in that week. It was weird. Um, But this was to close out that series where we ended up taking a pretty decent L. And the only thing I want to say about the game, and probably what I'm going to rant about this entire segment for the Phillies, is that the pitching sucks. The pitching sucks. I don't trust anyone at this point because no one is worth throwing in there. No one is doing their job correctly or as best as they possibly can. It's incredibly frustrating watch as a fan. I am tired of this pitching, and I, I want something done. That's it. That's going to be my piece. Um, there's five home runs given up in this game. Uh, we, we we were able to manage six runs, which seems like a pretty decent number in my opinion, but losing 6-12 to 12 is unacceptable, and uh, in games that are that important against you know rivals within the same division, we have to do better than that. It's very annoying, very annoying, very upsetting. Um, thankfully, we got to play the Mets next, which is a team that we've been able to beat up on this year, so hopefully that can rocket us into a, uh, a nice position after the All-Star game. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty good start to the series, actually, despite um, whoever the Mets starting pitcher was. I don't think it was Seidengard, uh, but someone else uh, who had an incredible game for, I think, seven or eight innings. We ended up taking the win 7-2, to two, and that's mostly because their bullpen is somehow worse than ours. So glad we can capitalize on that. Um, I don't like the idea that we have to fight through an entire game to get to someone's bullpen and then be able to win, but at least we were able to get a win beat up on their bullpen, which is super nice. We weren't able to ride that hot streak, though, hot streak of one game into Saturday because we lost once again. It was 5-6. to six. It um, was not the prettiest game by any means, but uh, we had the lead for most of it, I think, until the uh, sixth inning or the fifth inning, we uh, were up five to three, and uh, I mean the problem once again was pitching. And uh, Jake Arrieta got the start. His pitching was awful, but you could tell that he was hurt. There was something wrong, and obviously there was. It ended up coming out that he had some bone spurs in his right arm, uh, which can one thousand percent be a problem when pitching. Um, but yeah, he ended up hitting three batters in the game. I think one was in the third inning, and the other one was in the fifth or sixth inning. And uh, in the sixth inning, he actually hit two people. Uh, one of them was Todd Frazier, who was all upset about it. It was a changeup, so you're not trying to hit someone with a changeup. So he was, uh, you know, upset for like almost no reason. 
and then ended up being thrown out of the game. So everyone on the Mets was like, yo, what the hell? This is annoying. The very next batter uh, also got a ball right at his hip. And once again, all Mets fans are freaking out. Why isn't he getting thrown out of the game? This is so stupid. It's like, what? why are you going to intentionally load the bases when you're up by two runs? And I don't know. It just seemed weird to me. So, uh, yeah, Arietta ended up giving up some runs off of a uh, double, caused three to come in, and that's where the game ended up staying. 6-2-5, not fun. Um, which brings us to Sunday, and uh, this is the game that helps my opinion that uh, the batting isn't the problem. I mean, we were able to score six, seven, five, and then eight runs within this past week, which are all pretty decent numbers. And uh, we were able to connect the ball with the bats. It's just the the pitching. The only person that I trust anymore is Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is a gem, and he throws great baseballs all the time. I believe he uh, pitched six and two-thirds innings, had one earned run, um, and uh, ended up allowing two runs, which uh, were off of a home run. He's, he's like the only reliable pitcher anymore. He's the only guy that I trust, and I know I thought I jinxed him at first by buying that jersey, but I think that he is finally setting settling down and uh, getting back into being the Aaron Nola that we know and love. Uh, Jay Bruce, by the way, also freaking fantastic. He's the best pickup that the Phillies have made all season, not named Aaron uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Um, and uh, it, it sucks that Andrew's out. He was... You know, pretty much the driving force of this team for most of the season, and it's obviously hurting that he's gone. I think I've seen that he's uh, going to be in the dugout at least for a couple of games uh, on his, uh, you know, journey back. I guess recovering from his injury. Uh, but Jay Bruce, man, absolutely insane in the game on Sunday. I think he had two home runs, ended up having three RBIs or something like that. Absolutely fantastic. Scott Kingery too. The dude's been insane defensively. That's pretty cool. Love him in uh, center field. But uh, in these past four games, he went four for four on the first pitch. I think had three singles and a home run. So uh, that's pretty cool. Hey, you know, keep doing you, Scott. Um, also, a game was also this weekend. Not weekend, this past week. Uh, and I, I just don't care about any All-Star games anymore. I used to love the MLB All-Star game. There was something behind it. You had to play for something. It was worth something, and it's a game where like you, you can try your best regardless because it's not like you're going to run into someone and get hurt. I don't know. The fact that it's not for uh, home field advantage in the World Series is a little dumb, uh, and I could go on my rant about Dan Ugla again, but I won't do that. All I'm going to say is it, that who cares about the All-Star game anymore. When you take meaning away from it, it it's just a whole bunch of people dilly-dallying. I don't know. Um, as for next week, though, we have uh, a very light week, not a lot going on, uh, and I should mention that uh, the reason this is coming out late is just uh, I've been fairly busy towards the end of the week on Thursdays and Fridays where I can't get my notes done, I can't you know, sit down and record for long enough and do everything, so what I'm doing is uh, changing the day of when I release the orange line to Sundays. It gives me time in the morning to uh, take all my notes. Everything's going to be done by 12 o'clock, so that way uh, everything that happened in the past day, in the past week, will be uh, sat down, analyzed, and uh, since I have all day to sit there and record, 
I can try to make uh, the podcast as good as possible. Um, so yeah, it's going to be Sunday to Saturday now for the uh, scheduling weeks. But uh, this schedule is going to go all the way to Sunday, um, starting off with the Phillies, who have a series against the Washington Nationals at home going Friday to Sunday. That's followed by uh, Monday to Wednesday. Uh, no, I mean Thursday, sorry. Uh, series against the L.A. Dodgers, which is also going to be at home. And then we go on the road Friday to Saturday, and I assume Sunday against Pittsburgh. Um, so those are all the series to look out for going all the way to next Sunday. Um, as for the Union, they technically have two games in this next week. One is going to be on Saturday the 13th, which is going to be at Real Salt Lake. And then uh, following that with a game uh, versus the Chicago Fire on Saturday the 20th. So those are all of the games to look forward to next week. And uh, as for Dr. PhD Picks of the Week, so I'm not going to add a lot of fanfare to it because there's not really much I can pick. Uh, so I've decided to go with the Philadelphia Phillies against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Watch out for that whole series. I love a good interstate rivalry. So hopefully we can prove to Pittsburgh once again that Philadelphia is much better. Um, and as for the Union, let's bring them home against the Chicago Fire and see how they do. I know we're a better home team, and I know that... Uh, we haven't been too great on the road as of late, so it'll be nice to be able to beat up um, an inanimate fire that shouldn't be able to play soccer. So that'll be fun. And for the third pick of the week, uh, as you may know, I'm a big professional wrestling fan. And this weekend in Philadelphia, uh, in the place where extreme wrestling was founded and honed, it is going to be the WWE pay-per-view Extreme Rules on Sunday the 14th. Uh, something to look forward to, I guess. I'm a big fan of wrestling. You've heard me say it before. Um, so uh, if you're jonesing for some wrestling, some uh, chair shots and people getting thrown through tables, maybe maybe Extreme Rules. Maybe that'll be a fun time. But as for everything else, I have been your host, Dr. PhD. If you would like, follow us on Twitter, at OrangeLinePod, spelled exactly the way you would think. You can also follow us on Facebook. That's going to be the Orange Line Podcast. Just search that up. You should be able to find us. And uh, as for everything else, I will see you next Sunday uh, with all of the past week's news and then what to look forward to, I guess. Thank you so much for listening. Like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Hit that bell or whatever on uh, whatever podcast listening streaming thing that it is that you use. And I will see you next time.